Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Spiro Avenue Show. I'm very excited from that intro. Honestly, I was already pretty hyped up, but when you have the best producer in the land, Ben Augusta, and he throws something like that together, it really just gets you to the next level. So that's where I'm at. I'm really excited. Aiden Childs, Michigan State's quarterback, right now and for the foreseeable future, man. Welcome to the Spiro Avenue Show and to Spartan Nation uh, in general. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Happy it's to be here. Good to have you, man. Yes, it's been a whirlwind for you. I know you've only been in town, what, like a week or something, right? Two weeks. I got in uh, January 4th. You're so, pretty busy. I mean, I, you were at Breslin. I mean, you're kind of making the rounds. Yeah, yeah. The snow is a little bit much for you, though, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, being from California, you know, it's different. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not I'm not really tripping about it. You know, more. I'm, I'm going to be all right. So, you know, I, I got a journalism degree from the best journalism school in the world, Michigan State, myself. And um, we're taught about objectivity and handling things in a measured way. I'm not really going to do that now and because I've already disqualified myself as it comes to you. I'm probably your biggest fan in the fan base already. And to demonstrate that, Ben, embarrass me a little bit. Put up my tweet about Charles Rogers and Aiden Childs in the corollary here. Aiden Childs is the most excited I've been about an incoming MSU player since Charles Rogers. Strictly in terms of my personal excitement, interest, and intrigue, there's really no one close. Uh, before I knew you were coming, I said that obviously, I, I, but I think my take on that is pretty common. That's been something that uh, I've heard a lot. People are saying, you know, best recruit we've ever had and most excited I've ever been. What's your take on sort of the buzz? Like, do you feel that at all? Do you understand like the excitement that you've brought in committing to Michigan State? Uh, I feel it for sure. Like, I know that it's there. My mom knows we'd be out here. People notice who we are. They see who we are. Um, I think last night when I was at Breslin, that's when I really understood like how big it really was. I don't know if everybody knew who I was, you know, but everybody was chanting because somebody started it. But uh, I feel it. It's uh, kind of different because, you know, I wasn't the most recruited guy out of high school, but it's cool. I'm I'm not really tripping about it, but uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, when you see the transfer portal, player power rankings. I mean, did you see like the list that had, there was a list that had you number one overall, another list had you the second best player in the entire portal, regardless of position. Like did that sort of cross your desk at any point? Were you aware of that? I was aware, of course, like you're going to see it, it like it's going to happen, but um, I didn't really pay it no mind. I, I knew where I was going to go the whole time at the end of the day. So it didn't really bother me at all, but it was it was nice to be in that position. Of course, like if you if anybody else saw it, they'd be happy to be in that position as well. Uh, but it was just another thing, you know, just another thing that happens. So I mean, the the Twitter verse had that little dalliance with the Lincoln Riley USC rumor. What what happened there? So I was in contact with USC. Uh, still just trying to see if I if this was the right fit for me at the end of the day, but um. I want to play for Coach Smith. So it was probably about three days of contact. We just talked, and I just wanted to hear what they had to say. And I listened, but, you know, I knew I was going to go, so it didn't really matter at the end of the day. Was there, like, 1% of you that said, look, 
Jalen Hurts was at the Heisman ceremony. Caleb Williams won the Heisman. You know, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman. Like every everything this guy, you know, Kyler Murray, every every quarterback this guy touches is either at the ceremony or wins it. Would they give you any pause? I mean, USC seemed like a pretty big draw, I would think. Not really. Uh, I like going. I don't like being in places where they already have a name, you know, like Michigan State has a name, of course, but I don't like being in places where I come in and I have to upkeep something. I like building something. So that's my thing. So I was uh, happy with coming to Michigan State and USC just seemed too fancy for me. A little too fancy yeah. for you. And you had the established relationships with Jonathan Smith, and we'll definitely talk about him in a little bit. I had been sort of grabbed some of the general reactions from, from fans and media when you had made the decision to come to Michigan State. Wanted to give you a, a little perspective if you haven't seen some of this stuff in the audience out there. Uh, ben, let's, let's hear what people were saying when the, the news broke that Aiden Childs was joining Spartan Nation. So what are they getting in Aiden Childs? Six foot three, 200 pound, dual threat of sorts, kind of an athlete. Got the live arm. He's able to push the ball downfield. He has everything you need from a skill set perspective to throw the football. Then also, like I said, a pretty good athlete. Aiden Childs comes in and he's got that chance to be an immediate impact guy to help quickly get things resurrected in East Lansing for Jonathan Smith. This kid, per 24-7 sports, was the number one rated quarterback transfer in the portal. So, I mean, you have a social media presence. You're not like super, super into it. You're not tweeting six times a day like, you know, some people. But you're, you're on there. You saw some of the stuff yeah. that was out there. Do you, do you um, I guess, get moved by that at all? Like you're, you're sitting on Twitter and you see, like we're tweeting photoshops of you and, and Zeke and all that whole experience. Like, is that sort of surreal for you? Like, how do you compare that to what you were used to maybe in Corvallis even? It's different. It's really different. Knowing, like, Corvallis was dope. I love the fan base over there. I love everybody over there. It's a... Uh, is less compared to what it is here. And they're just as crazy, but this just as many people, like if you compare the amounts of people that are supporting you in both situations, it's so much more here. And it's so much, and it seems like everybody's just, you see how much more invested they are here. But uh, I don't know, it's, just, it's crazy. Like all the Photoshops and everything you see on Twitter, like <clears throat> sometimes, uh, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I used to look my name up just to see what somebody said today. And uh, it'd, be some, it'd be some new stuff. And it's just, it's just crazy what people have to say and post, you know. So it's different. I mean, you came to a school that's thrilled to have you and that cares so much about its teams and really supports its players. The Michigan State family's really on a different level. And you know, I'm sure everybody says that. But you hear that again and again with the basketball program and the football program. And Spartans really just like other Spartans and uh, root for other Spartans, I think, even harder than other schools root for members of their institution. You, you talked about your, your Breslin experience. Like, weren't, weren't you in a normal seat and you got, like, summoned down? I thought I saw something. Am I making that up? What, how, how did this, you get this it, past one? Last night, yeah. Yeah, so we got regular tickets, but uh, I texted the Izzone, like, people who were, like, leading the Izzone. Oh, they text me, actually, but. And they were like, we saved some seats for you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, bet. So we go and we're like, hey, they told us we could sit down here. I'm just trying to get down there. They was like, all right, I'll trust you. So we walked down there and we got our seats and that's just how it happened. We never sat anywhere else. My mom sat away from me though, cause you know, she don't like sitting next to me. She doesn't yeah. like sitting next to you? Nah, she thinks I get too much attention. Oh, yeah, too much, so. you're the, you're, 
QB one at a major Big Ten program, man. I mean, yeah, that's gonna be rough for for Nicole yeah. out there. It's all good. Nah, she sat like I think she sat behind on the opposite side of the uh, benches uh, in the first section area. So she was fine. She was fine where she sat next to the cross country team. Actually, she was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You you mentioned. I, I don't know if these people know who I am. Like the, the Izone people down there, you'll learn pretty soon. I mean, they have to like camp out, and it's always. I don't know what it is. It's always freezing and wet and they're in this field and they have to like sleep out there all night. It's a, you know, it's a cool thing, but it's, it's usually not pleasant uh, to get those tickets. So like anybody doing that to get basketball tickets knows who Aiden Childs is. They definitely knew who you were. And we grabbed a, a little clip of this. Now this is courtesy of David Harnes who, who posted this and with his blessing, we're sharing it uh, a short clip of, of Aiden Childs getting serenaded with his own name <laughs> by the his own last night at the basketball game. Let's run that Ben. You looked kind of like a kid that like was they're singing happy birthday to him and he didn't know what to do. <laughs> was, yeah. was that who you? What was that like for you? It was very awkward. Like I'm not mad at it, of course. Like yeah. everybody wants to have their name called out, but it was just it was so different. Like I'm not used to the attention I'm getting right now, and it's gonna take probably not gonna get used to it. But it's gonna take a long time to actually like understand that you're gonna keep getting this attention. So it was uh, it was weird, but. If it happens, it happens. Yeah, so. yeah I, I would say, you know, hopefully they tamp it down. But that's a that's a fruitless exercise. If anything, it's going to ramp up as you actually play. I mean, that's the excitement before you've hit the field. Like I said, Michigan State people just love other Michigan State people. Uh, the whole thing was was cool in the experience. And uh, yeah, I was cool seeing those pictures because our show is normally Thursday night. And that's why we we bumped it a day because you're like, yeah. man, I got to go to that basketball game. There's no way I'm going to make a, a stink about that. There's, I mean, the, it's such a cool environment there and you you definitely had like a not in kansas anymore moment i think with that reception i want to talk about oregon state that experience a little bit like when you were there when i heard that you might be entering the portal you hadn't even entered yet and obviously jonathan smith had already been hired at michigan state i was doing a lot of work on you research on you trying to learn about this kid and uh, obviously had been familiar with your work but didn't do a deep dive yet i was fascinated that you played like I actually played the third, I think it was the third drive in these games as a 17 year old. You were one of the youngest freshmen in the whole country. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Was that, uh, was your head spinning? I mean, that's a young, not only a true freshman, but a young true freshman. I was only uh, 17 for the first two games. Counts, man. That yeah, counts. yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, I played, I truly played in the UC Davis game, like the second game of the season. So that game like the San Jose game, I had one drive, first game of the season, and I was kind of nervous, like, you know, being young, coming straight out of high school, and it was nervous, it was nerve-wracking. And then uh, UC Davis game, I got in my groove a little bit. It was easier, but it was also against the FCS team, so I wasn't the happiest, you know, but it was cool. Like, I was happy for sure. But um, when I started getting that third drive, it was the Utah game, and that was like a welcome to college moment. It was pretty bad. Got out there, I was shaking, scared, couldn't call the play. I was nervous. Oh, that bad? Yeah, it was bad. I got, if you watch the first few plays of it, I like fumbled the first snap. I threw a good ball, but then I got sacked twice and it, it just, it just didn't look good. But um, as I started like getting more reps, the third drive just came easier because I knew what I was expecting. So it was, um, it was just a great teaching moment, you know, watching DJ play those first two drives and then I go in 
and learn from what he did wrong and what he did right. And if he, my, like, every time he scored, I was like, oh, okay, I got to score. Like, that's just what it was. But no, I got to score regardless. But like, when DJ scored, I was like, okay, it's time. I got to go. Cause I can't, my whole thing was just to keep the lead, keep like, we got to score. So, uh, but, um, it was fun and I'm thankful for the opportunity, of course, because they trusted me as young as I was, they trusted me to go in third drive and lead the team to go down and score. So it was, just, it was a fun experience. When your head's spinning in that Utah game a little bit, you come back to the sideline, you said you fumbled the snap and it, did Jonathan Smith say anything to you or any of the coaches just say like, you know, hey, buddy, calm down. How did they handle that? Uh, no, I really talked to Coach Boyer after my drive, and he was just like, "It's a learning experience. It's gonna happen." We still, luckily, we still won the game, so I couldn't like be mad. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was just learning experience. But um, after that third drive, well, I talked to Coach Smith like every game, and he was just like, "On my third drive, you're gonna go hunt." And that's just our thing. So every third drive, I went to go hunt, and I think I scored, scored majority of the time. I don't know how many times I scored on my drive, but uh, just going to hunt and just having that mentality of hunting every time you go out there, it it really changed something. I don't know. He didn't say it in the Utah game, though, but every other game he did, so it was cool. How did you earn the trust of the coaching staff so young? Even really high-end prospects that end up great players, especially at your position, don't get there that fast. How did you do that? That's honestly a great question. Simply because, You're not even sure? <laughs> like, simply because I felt like I was prepared physically, not, like, in looks, like, because I, I didn't weigh that much. I wasn't a big body. Like, I could take hits, but I'm not supposed to. But um, I could do what other quarterbacks couldn't. I can get away from people. I can throw the ball. I can do what I have to do to get the ball down the field. But the me being so young, and just thinking, just being out of high school and thinking I could just get away with certain things, you know, like um, the mental part was was hard for me, simply because like film class draining, like everything was just draining in me, and I'm just still in that high school mentality, like okay, I don't, I don't want to do this today, and but um, it took time to get over that, but for them to trust me, I kind of caught me by surprise. Cause I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go in, and like I'm a I'm gonna do what I have to do to try and play, but I'm knowing like I'm I'm knowing that DJ is gonna have this job, but I just want to do what I have to do to show them that I can be that guy next year. So that's what I tried to do every week I came in, and it paid off, man. I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, they're obviously working in with DJ at the time, and you know, young, young, true freshman. So the reps are relatively limited. But what I saw from watching your, you know, highlights and just clips of you from over the season, and even a couple of the announcers commented on the same thing. Like your your discipline in keeping eyes downfield is really insane for your age. I mean, especially someone as athletic as you, sort of the inclination is to tuck and run. And that's something a lot of mobile quarterbacks and like even Drew Stanton at Michigan State years ago was a little bit too run happy and he had to dial back. You seemed really polished with the kind of like going through the reads, working through progressions, and then taking off. Is that something that Jonathan Smith preaches to you? Is that just innate? How do you get there? You're like three years ahead of the curve on that for most players. Nah, um, it really happened at Downey High School. So my junior year, I broke my arm uh, running too much. So senior year, I was more like pass heavy. But 
uh, I had a lot of little tweaks and injuries my senior year in high school. So all my runs were usually just runs out of like that was designed for me to run. So I never really looked to run as much as I did because my ankles was tweaked every week. My wrist, I was still scared. I was like a little nervous for my wrist. So I'm looking to throw the ball. I'm looking to get my guys the ball before I take off and do anything. But um, I feel like I am a pass first quarterback and that's what I'm here to do. Like, I'm not trying to show off that I'm a running back or anything. So, yeah. I mean, just because the buzz on you and some of the highlights were, you know, these great runs. And then, you know, when I'm doing the deep dive, I'm like, man, he's not he's not run first at all. Like the perception from not having actually watched you much was like, you know, this really kind of raw, young, athletic guy that's we got to mold. I'm like, oh, man, you look you look pretty good back there to me. I mean, you're, you look just older the way you play. I, I just think that's it's fascinating. You're such a, an exception to the rule, especially with given the talent that you have. I mean, if like if I were in your situation, I'd probably be taken off every time and try to show off the wheels, you know, but I'm slow, so I wouldn't have a choice. But I think it's a, a testament to your your football IQ, just that you're years ahead in your development in that way. A lot of it is maturing faster, especially how young I was coming in and then early enrolling, being in college for almost a year before the season starts, you know, uh, it it really helps you. Like it shows you what you need to do and what you need to work on. And I learned what I had to change in the spring. And that was good for me because if I didn't come in the spring, I don't think I would be in the position I'm in right now. So it was a, it was a good decision to come early, learn from DJ, learn from Coach Smith, learn from Lindgren, learn from Bingo Branson as well. Like they were all there to help me. So it was just, it was good. It was a good learning experience to be able to do all those things. And I think it really helped me mature faster than I should have. So. Yeah. So the the week leading up to the Oregon game, it's your now former in-state rival. There was, I think it was what, three or four days before the whispers about Jonathan Smith courtship and East Lansing comes out. I don't know if you're aware. I mean, Ben, you can put it up there. They they were trolling you guys a little bit on the scoreboard, playing playing the Michigan yeah. State game uh, like an hour before kickoff at the Oregon Oregon State game. Were you aware of that, like that they, they were doing that? I heard about this after the game. I didn't know they did that before the game at all. Okay. So, I mean, I, but at that point, like the public knew, not that it was a done deal, but it, it seemed to be progressing in that way. And, you know, obviously the scoreboard operator at Oregon knew something was going on. When was the first time you heard my coach might be leaving? I think it was about two weeks before the Oregon game. I, I went in to talk to Coach Smith about everything. And I just wanted to hear, like, are you leaving or not? And we talked about it, and it wasn't, like, anything serious. So then a uh, week before the Oregon game, he doesn't tell us he's leaving. He just tells us to focus on what we have to focus on now. And that's what we tried to do. But a lot of people didn't believe in everything that was going on. And then the day after the game, we had a team meeting, and he announced that he's leaving. But that was it. So, yeah, we didn't know too much. Were, were players resentful about that or what was the attitude in the room with yeah. his departure a lot of people didn't like it um seniors couldn't really do anything about it like they were leaving so but they felt for us like they felt like how we how they would have felt if they were in our shoes you know but it was a uh, a lot of mixed emotions a lot of people unsure of what they were going to do in the future a lot of people also very sure in what they're going to do in the future and 
it was it was something so unexpected. It was expected, like in later in the season, but bef- like when everybody's practicing before this, everything like it was just something that you just didn't think would happen because you know alma mater, and he's been there six years. Uh, but it happens, and it's a business at the end of the day, and you can't do nothing about it. So it, was, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's always the inclination is to say you know the greedy scumbag coaching, the, the spurned lovers always mad, but I'd always come back to. Who's turning down a significant raise, a significant uh, increase in just opportunities and resources available to them? I, I don't think it's fair. And these coaches, like when he had the meeting with you, I'm sure he really did. You know, I'm sure he was aware that they were looking at him, but I'm sure he really didn't think, oh, I'm definitely leaving or I'm likely to leave. And, you know, these things evolve and you're not going to tell these guys, yeah, I'm probably out of here, like until it's done. So the coach really is in a bad spot, right? Yeah. Um, if anything, my guess is really just, so much going down with the Pac-12, first of all, like everything swept from under us. We the only team in the Pac-2 now. We was the only team in the Pac-2. And I don't know how the pay was. I really didn't pay attention to all that. But I know it's it's pretty good over here. But, um, yeah, everything, I think everything that went down with the Pac-12, it made the decision a little uh, easier for everyone. But. It's, it was probably still hard for everybody as well. Like it was, it was for sure hard for Coach Smith to take that job, take this job. At the same time, uh, with everything going on, I think he just had to do what's best for everybody else. And I think he tried to make sure that everybody else got what they needed, and made sure everybody else was straight before he made any decisions. Did so. Did you have any idea he was leaving before the? I mean, I know you had the discussion, but the like, did he tell you that he was leaving before he told everyone else? No. Was when was the first conversation you had where he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, East Lansing's pretty nice. Like, I'd love you to join us." Like, what was that like? Um, it was after he told the team. I I walked in, and I did talk to him about like, I wanted to play for you. Like, that's that's what it was. I wanted to play for you. So, what was the pitch? I mean, it was kind of his second time recruiting you, I guess, now to a new school. Like, what did he sell you on joining him for? What, what was the appeal? Other than, I mean, I know you like playing for him, but did he say like, hey, you know, we're going to go have a great time up there. We're going to win some Big Ten championships. Like, what, did he, what was the pitch to you? Yeah, it was the Big Ten, like just the, the bigger stage, you know, planning. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Sorry, man. Uh, not, not the first. Usually, it's people get good. up and go to the bathroom it's, halfway through the show. Like, a little cough isn't a big deal. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, playing in front of what seventy five, eighty thousand compared to thirty thousand, and then um, just the love and support you get out here, and how invested everyone is. Just, I think he didn't really sell. He didn't really have to sell me too much. It was really, I wanted to play for him. And then the fans and football came with it. That's just how it was. So, do you think it was hard on him being, you know, alum, an alum of that school and you know, having been a successful quarterback for that program? Do you think that weighed on him a little more heavily than even a, a normal situation? Yeah, for sure, it had to. It had to because you don't just you can't just leave your alma mater like that. And it's 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 a hard decision to do to make, you know, because you was at school here. Coach here for six years, you built a program and now you have to, you don't have to, but you have to make a decision. And 
he made his decision and it chose, he chose Michigan State. So it is what it is. He, so he makes that decision. He makes the announcement to you guys and you have a conversation with him shortly thereafter. And, you know, you had told him, I want to play for you. Why the attachment to him, especially you're getting Lincoln Riley calling you, USC's chasing you. Why Jonathan Smith? Why did you seem so eager to follow him wherever he went? Well, so again, going back to me being young, when I got up there, first of all, the reason I went to Oregon State, I could have went to a bigger school for sure. But the reason I went was because they were the most honest coaching staff with me. And um, they told me like exactly how I wanted how I wanted to hear everything. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to be. And that's just what it is. So that was one reason why both me and my family liked the place. Secondly, uh, later, so after spring, spring ball, you know, like after spring ball, I was doing pretty good. I started feeling myself a little bit, to be honest with you. And then fall camp came and I was just, it was, uh, it was rough. So when I went in, I would go into fall camp and I would go in to talk to Coach Smith and I'd be like, hey, I'm not feeling myself right now. Like I'm not feeling how I feel I should be performing. And he really just talked me through everything and he showed me that he's a genuine guy and he really cares for you as a person and not just a player. And that really just stuck with me. And I feel like we've had a stronger bond since then. And I I just chose, I wanted to keep playing for him because that's my guy. So yeah. What is the the Jonathan Smith culture? I mean what what kind of culture is he bringing over with him from Corvallis? Well, exactly what he said, low ego, high output. I mean he doesn't, he's not a man of many words. He don't say too much. He don't, I don't know how much he likes being on camera for real or like in front of a microphone, but um, at practice, you don't hear him until the end. And then on game day, you rarely hear him too. And like halftime and the end of the game. But uh, he just wants us to work as hard as we possibly can for him and just go play football for him, man. He's a leader. That's what he is. He's a leader, but he don't talk too much, but you can see it. He's a leader. Yeah, that, that low ego, high output. Ben, can you play that? We actually grabbed that. I think it's such a great little moment in his introductory press conference. What will be some catchphrases or mantras that your players will hear you say so much that they'll hear it in their head? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think from the start, we're going to, you know, low ego, high output. Um, I mean, there it is. Low ego, high output, which, look, I'm not going to dance on a man's like career grave, but there is a contrast from Mel Tucker to Jonathan Smith. The Mel Tucker era, for better or for worse, was a lot of Lamborghinis on the field and a lot, a lot of you know glitz. And for all the negative things that happened, they did have an 11 win season. There have only been a handful of those in the program's history. So not to completely dismiss him, but the Michigan State sort of bedrock. It's it's tough defense, you know. Don't say much, don't talk much, and and just kind of hit hard. And I think it's a more cultural alignment there with Smith and Tucker. It just seems more in line with the Michigan State ethos preceding him. I don't know what the um, you know, how this is gonna go because nobody nobody knows until it happens, but it seems like it's gonna be a good fit at Michigan State. Does that seem fair? Yeah, it does. I think it's gonna be a great fit. Simply because we have all the players, we have uh, the coaches, we have everything we need, we have the schemes. We just got to put it together now. Everybody has to buy in. And when we all buy in, I think this would be a great thing. 
I, I think the the challenge for you guys in the new conference, not just you, though anybody participating in the new conference is going to be interesting. It's just such a loaded conference now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Jonathan Smith is going to be capable of in this new environment? That's the question is, can Michigan State compete for a Big Ten championship? Do you think he can do that at Michigan I State? Think, I think Coach Smith can compete anywhere. And that's just me being his guy, you know, knowing that what he did at Oregon State is – I'm not going to say the Pac-12 is a weak conference because it's not. But um, Big Ten is going to be tougher. But I think he can build this place up just how he did it over there. So it's going to be fine. Does he talk about goals like that tangibly? Does he say win the conference, make the playoff? Is that, is that something he, he ex, you know, explicitly lays out for his team? It's not. It's implied, of course. But he's not going to come straight out and say that. But he will be like, we will like soon do these things, do these things. But his biggest thing is we're going to win a bunch of games. And that's one of the things he says a lot to me is win a bunch of games. And that's his goal like every year. And that's what I'm planning to do with him. So let's do it. Yeah. I mean, you've only been here, you said two weeks. Have you met any of your new teammates yet? Like what's, I I know you've met, you know, Nick Marsh and you guys have a connection there uh, building. What's that been like just meeting the new guy? So I, we have 6 a.m. lift already, 6 a.m. Uh, lift and conditioning. And it's been good. It's a lot of uh, competing and I'm liking it. I love it. Those are, they're there to work. And uh, it looks like everybody should buy in real soon and it's going to be a real fun season coming up. So Do people bug you a little bit since you have the background with Jonathan Smith, your, your now new teammates? Do they say, like, hey, what's he like? Are you getting peppered with questions on uh, that? Some of them, yeah. And I understand. It's like they can ask whatever they have to ask. They want to know. So uh, I just want to make sure that they're comfortable enough to be comfortable with me and comfortable with the coaching staff so that we can do this thing and we don't have no bumps in a row, you know, so. Do you feel like the presumption is, and you might play it off, the presumption is your, your quarterback one coming in right away on day one. You know, having played as not just a true freshman, but a young true freshman, you have a veteran and DJ there established. It's easier to take a back seat. Do you feel like an onus of traditionally quarterbacks, starting quarterback is the leader, is usually a captain? Is that something on your radar that, oh, I might have to be a little more vocal now than I was in the past? It's there. Um, I have, first of all, I have to come to this point of comfort with the team to be that leader that I want to be, but it's there for sure. I want to be the leader. I want to be the team's leader, of course, captain, all that stuff. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want to know that the team has faith in me and they can trust me to do what I have to do when I get on the field. But that the only thing that I really am focused on is knowing everybody coming to a point of comfort where we can speak to each other and hold accountability for each other and or hold each other accountable, my bad. And just, I can be able to lead and they can be, able, they can lead as well. I don't want to see everybody else. I want to see everybody be leaders. You know, the whole team needs to just build off each other and we just all need to have discipline and do what we have to do. So. The, I mean, the nature of that position is so fascinating because like even looking at the NFL level, there's a couple different ways to do it. I mean, you have like the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, I mean, there's, there's been several like grabbing a guy's face mask on the sideline and, you know, kind of bark, not like constantly, but, you know, they'll get in guys' grills. C.J. Stroud, who just had one of the best rookie seasons ever, very even keel, just, you know, never rattled, doesn't ever seem mad, almost like you're like wondering if he's okay sometimes, but he's fantastic. And we've seen kind of both ways. Are you more 
of a once you you know evolving as the QB one? Are you more of like the you know hey guys you know, get your shit together? Are you more of the CJ Stroud kind of flatline cool customer type? I've never really had to do any of that, and I don't think I don't think I'm the guy to do that. You know, so it's more nothing. Not a lot of stuff bothers me. If you don't want to be here, just don't. Then you don't want to be here, and then you just have to understand that that person doesn't want to be there. But um, yeah, I feel like I am more the CJ Stroud type guy. I'm mellow, and um, things can, you can get me fired up for sure. But it's it's not a lot that can really do that, and it takes a lot to really do that. And yeah, yeah, I, I could see like a lot of Stroud in you too, even stylistically. Where like right at the end of his career at Ohio State, they're like, ah, I don't know, this guy's not that mobile. Like people think he's mobile and he's not that mobile. But no, he was actually really disciplined and wouldn't take off, you know, sort of willy-nilly. And then he had that game against Georgia where he had a couple long runs. And, you know, when the chips were down and he had to make a play, he made a play. I, you, you, gotta, you check some of the C.J. Stroud boxes. Like, you kind of look like him playing out there, like you're kind of smooth, kind of even keel. Do you have, like, a, is there a comp for you? Like, who would, I know it's everyone's their own player, but is there a guy you look to and say, like, I, I want to emulate him? I wouldn't say, like, I don't want to copy anybody's game simply because I want to get to where they're going and I want to, I'm probably in the position they're in, but I don't know if you know, I work with uh, Sam Fisher down in uh, California and uh, he trains a guy, Jalen Daniels. I like watching him play because I feel like I play a lot like him. He's a bigger body. He's from the same area as me and um, Kansas quarterback and he's real good. And I just like watching him play. Hopefully he has a healthy season this year. I want to see him ball, but um uh, that's who I like to watch most of the time. So, yeah. Are you, are you happy Brian Lindgren, your offensive coordinator came along for the ride to East Lansing? I am. I am. I'm excited to see what he does with his offense. Um, you know, it's going to be different simply because you have different weapons, different team. And I'm excited. I'm just excited to see what he can do in this, at this level of football, because we all coming in together in the same, same boat. So. I'm excited. Like for the Michigan State uninitiated, which is, you know, most people weren't watching a ton of Oregon State at the time. Like what's the Brian Lindgren offense? Is like RPO heavy? Is it more pro style? Like can you break it down sort of in basic terms? Our offense is pro style. We're going to do – we're going to go under center. We're going to do play actions. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to air it out. We're going to run the ball. Wide zone. We're going to do RPOs if we have to. We're in a multiple offense. And – we're going to do things that teams are not supposed to be able to stop. And that's just what it is. And we just supposed to, we're supposed to have an answer for everything. And it's just, it should look very smooth after we all get it, get it down. And that's, that's what it's going to look like. I, I love the, the, you know, so you look at like Jonathan Smith's experience at Oregon state, both as a player and as a coach, obviously being the smaller program in the state, you know, against Oregon. And there's definitely, an interesting you know, connection there now coming across country for, for both of you now at this point. And it's interesting because you said you want to be building something. You don't want to go to some established thing. I can't think of a better example than a, a program that's had a couple of down years and the rival down the road just won the national championship. I mean, that's it's like the ultimate gap to try to close. Was that a little bit, you know, I mean, that was post your signing with Michigan State. Did you have any awareness of like, oh shit, my rival just won a national title is that like put a little more on you to close that gap now? Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is, first of all, you want to win games. You, we have to win games to get to where we want to be. But at the end of the day, 
I hate rivals. I I just hate rivals. You know, I hated Oregon. I hate Michigan now. And it's gonna be fun. And everything everything's just gonna be real fun. And we play Oregon again too, so I'm excited for that one too. But yeah, I hate rivals, man. How do you how do you see closing that gap where you guys, you know, four and eight versus fifteen and all national champions? How do you close that while you're there? I don't know how to answer your question. I, I, uh, is it daunting for you? What that mean? Like, is it like is it overwhelming where you're just like, oh man, this is going to be a battle? Or do you look at look at it as like an opportunity? Like how how do you react emotionally to seeing like you're starting kind of from a lower a lower rung and your your rival down the road is just at the top of college football? Is it like, intimidating? I guess I would say. Mm-mm. At the end of the day, I was taught that everybody else put their pads on the same way you put your pads on. So I don't see anybody bigger than anybody. I mean, we can go out. We can play wherever we want to play. And no matter what team I'm on, <clears throat> I'm always feel like we're going to be able to compete with them at any level. So um, they could have they won a natty. They could have went 0-15, 0-12. It is what it is. We can go out and play football. So um, whoever we step on that field with, this upcoming year, it's it's gonna be fun, and it probably will be a battle. It probably won't. It is what it is. It's football, and it's gonna happen. So we're gonna see how things play out. Yeah, they're 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 humming right now, but yeah, you know, we did see a pretty strong turnaround at your former school in Corvallis with your coach. I mean, I, I this is kind of exactly what he did. Oregon was at or near the top of college football, and Oregon State I think was one and eleven in the year prior, and it got closed pretty quickly. So I, I'll get you out of here. Pretty soon. I got to ask you, though, about the Zeke thing. I still don't know. You finally met Zeke the Wonder Dog tonight. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. I still don't know how you were even aware of Zeke the Wonder Dog. It's, he's kind of like an institution internally with Michigan State. Why was, like, how was Zeke on your radar before you even visited? Uh, I saw some YouTube videos about Zeke. I don't know how I came up on them, but um, I saw some YouTube videos about Zeke and I was like, oh, that's dope. Uh, I got to meet this dog, man. I like dogs. I have a dog. So um, that's really what it was. I found Zeke somewhere. I don't know. I really don't know how I found him, but found Zeke. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to meet this dog. So, yeah. And you like talk about a way of endearing yourself to the fan base. Like they were in on you. You hadn't even touched down in Michigan yet. They were all in on yeah. <laughs> the second you bring in Zeke uh, on your Twitter platform. I, the Zeke thing was interesting that we kind of threw that together on the fly. And I read the Dave Harns piece, you know, about why they couldn't do it before because you were a recruit. And, I never read that. Why Why'd they say? Uh, well, it's it's technically, I mean, I'll, I'll probably screw up the language, but it's technically a, you know, or could be perceived as an NCAA violation because oh. it's a recruitment. It's like a, some kind of improper, you know, like they can't have, um, I can't remember the wording. It's, it's something because he's an extension of Michigan State. He's like a contracted, um, not employee, but, you know, like the, his dad is, you know, is a contracted employee at Michigan State and like does work for them for money. Um, even if it's $2, it doesn't matter. Uh, so because of their university vendor relationship, um, again, I, like, I'm kind of butchering the, the wording, but that's effectively what it was. But because you're no longer a recruit, you're a signee, you're already here, part of the school. Now it's okay. So the, the Zeke appearance, we actually had it. This is like Michigan State approved. Like right. we, we, we didn't have to get a letter. I told Zeke's dad, I'm like, you're good. Like we're, we're good now that he's signed. But uh, yeah, we went through the proper channels anyway, but that was, that was cool. What was it like walking around the corner and, and Zeke was there? I'm sure you didn't see that coming. Nah, I didn't expect it at all, but um, 
It was nice, man. I mean, I've never met Zeke before. That's cool. I want to throw a frisbee to him now. You know, I want to see how that plays out. But uh, it was cool, man. I I really don't know what to say. It was cool. It was awesome. Yeah, your your mom was like, wait, like ten minutes into the thing, was like, wait, that, that's the real Zeke. I said, like, yeah, that's the real Zeke. We didn't put like the you know the the little decoration on him just to to fool you. Yeah, that's the real deal. Zeke's an awesome dog, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have you. I promise I'd get you out faster than I normally get guests out of here because I know you got. A lot going on, and it's a late Good. night and a long drive for you. But um, I just got to say, it's really cool that you're part of this program and people are really excited for you. you you're put up a little bit on a pedestal, maybe, and yeah. that's probably somewhat my fault in part. Exactly. But uh, it's, people are really excited to have you, man. It's, it's great to have you as part of Spartan Nation. I appreciate that. I appreciate everyone, actually. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see you soon. I'd love to have you back, uh, maybe ahead of the season when you. Uh, you win the one-man race for the, the quarterback position. We all know it's going to be you. It's going to be a, a fun season of, of growth, I think, for Michigan State and starting to build back up. Um, just it's, it's going to be, I think, one of the more interesting transition years. And you're my human SSRI, like the fact that you know, I get to watch a guy that's um, as skilled as you are at that position and developing the program. I, I think it's going to be even during you know, harder times and harder games, maybe at the very beginning. It's going to be just cool to watch Aiden Giles ball out on Saturdays. So it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. That was great to have you. Your mom's awesome, by the way. I'm going to go hang out with her. I think she she might be the best hanging at the whole party. So I appreciate you, man. Aiden Giles, the uh, sort of presumptive quarterback one for Michigan State. Uh, Really excited to have him as part of this program. And it's going to be a lot of fun watching a guy like him. Players that, even though he is pass first, and it's sort of a misconception about him that he's not. The ability to take off and the excitement that he can bring, it's going to be a, a real game changer, I think, in East Lansing. And a great guy, man. This guy's, you guys are going to love this guy. He's so polite. He's great. He called everybody, yes, sir, no, sir. And my wife's like, oh, my God, he's so nice. I'm like, yeah, he's a good guy. Um, anyway, Ben Augusta, you're the man. Eric Williamson, home on the couches, boxers. Love you too, man. Uh, Spiro Avenue Show. This was Aiden Childs. Real pleasure, man. We'll see you soon. For sure. Thank you so much. How are we going? Go Green.